It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. First and 10, 4.45 to go here in the second. O'Connell is going to hand it off up the middle. Big hole! Big hole! It'll be a touchdown for the Raiders! Damian Williams off the left side, charges into the end zone. Touchdown, Las Vegas Raiders! This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Right there, Damian Williams. You heard that touchdown run that he had Saturday, preseason game number three, the preseason finale for the Silver and Black. And I knew it was going to be a long shot for Damian Williams to make the roster, but I did love the effort that he put out there on Saturday. Love the fact that he made it to the end zone, and you could tell that an eight-year vet was trying to make a roster, either the Raiders roster or one of the other 31 teams across the National Football League. We found out earlier today that Damian Williams was auditioning for one of the other 31 teams across the league as he has been released, and there's been a handful of moves made already by the Silver and Black. Actually, all the moves have been made by the Silver and Black. They had to have it done by 1 o'clock Pacific time. They did. They've got it into the league already. We just don't have it in our hands yet. So we've seen a lot of moves that have been made by way of Twitter. Uh, the leaks come out. Vinny Bonsignor, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, uh, all those guys, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, they've been putting out, you know, this guy is no longer with the team. This guy is not with the team, this, that, and the other. But we don't have the full meal deal list as of right now. And I'm sure at some point throughout the course of the next three hours, we'll have it. We'll have to be able to go over it like a, you know, a, 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 with a, a sharp tooth comb or whatever you want to say it, however you want to say it, uh, we'll be able to go over it, you know, up and down and decide what we like, what we don't like, who made it. And remember, at the end of the day, it's the initial 53-man roster. This could be uh, changing quite a bit over the course of the next few days. So uh, we'll go over that as soon as we get it. And, of course, there's some, like I said, some moves that have already been made, including the trading of Neil Farrell Jr. to the Kansas City Chiefs of all team, a division opponent, Traded to the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth-round pick. Remember, he was just selected by the Raiders just a year ago. So that was not one of those I had on the bingo card of happening today, but it did. And that's just how these things go. Let you know that Dave Ziegler, the Raiders GM, is open for business with anybody. doesn't matter if you're in division, in conference, whatever the case may be. If it makes sense, he's going to make the move. And honestly, as much as we might look at him and be like, whoa, you can't trade within the division. Teams do it all the time. And, you know, again, if it makes sense and you're able to get something for someone that obviously wasn't going to make your roster or you weren't very high on on your roster, then you go out and make the move. And that's what Dave Ziegler did. I kind of appreciate the fact that, you know, he realized that Neil Farrell Jr. wasn't going to cut it with the team. Uh, They weren't as high on him as they were when they selected him just a year ago. And they decided, all right, we're going to move on from him instead of trying to hold on, hold on, hold on and making him fit. But we got plenty of time to talk about all the moves that have been made, including the trade of Neil Farrell Jr. to the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth-round pick. So that's all coming up on the show today. We've got plenty of good guests to coming up on the show. I'm very excited about my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, uh, basically as usual, <laughs> right? It's just kind of what we do. We call it Studio Q, and, and that's where I'm at. And so we uh, we got a lot to get to on the show coming up at 2.30. Adam Hill, our good friend from the RJ, and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. He'll join us to try to break down uh, the moves that he sees that has been made, and hopefully we'll have the full list before Adam joins us at 2.30, but that's not a guarantee. So we'll just talk about the roster, talk about the moves that he knows, talk about where he thinks that the Raiders need to continue to try to bolster the team. You know, because, I mean, at, at this point, when they get the 53 men and we finally get the roster in our hand and we kind of look at it, we'll know where they're heavy and where they're not heavy. Right? We saw Sam Webb, a guy who made it as an undrafted free agent a year ago, get released earlier today. So uh, the cornerback room had a lot more 
competition in it, had a lot more talent in it this year. So a guy like Sam Webb didn't make the cut. A guy like Keelan Cole, right, a guy that made a, a really big catch last year against the New England Patriots in that end zone that, that helped tie up the game and, you know, really kept the, the Raiders in the game that they eventually went on to win. He got released earlier today. So, again, the, the wide receiver room had a lot of talent added to it. So there's a lot more competition and we've been saying it, I don't know, all week long, all training camp long, all preseason long, that the Raiders and their 90-man roster, the job that Dave Ziegler and company have done to really add a lot of talent to this team was going to make some tough decisions. And those two rooms in particular, the quarterback room and the wide receiver room, we knew was going to be one of those uh, tough tough calls. And so there's a couple guys that were on the team from a year ago that are not on the team, at least not right now. Of course, a lot of these moves could be uh, practice squad related. A lot of these uh, guys could end up clearing waivers and be reverted to the Raiders practice squad. But for right now, they're no longer on the team. That's just a couple of the guys. So Adam Hill will join us at 2.30 to talk about the Raiders roster, what he believes they need to continue to do to, to, to add more talent to it and talk about some of the guys that have been moved on from. That's coming up at 2.30 with Adam Hill. At 3 o'clock, Ben Standing from The Athletic does a fantastic job. One, he covers the Washington uh, Commanders, but also he, he's a national football writer for The Athletic, and he put out a really good piece uh, on The Athletic that I was checking out talking about NFL agent survey and they've done this now at the athletic for about five years this is the fifth uh, edition of it and so there's a lot of really good stuff it's called nfl agent survey 23 reps on jonathan taylor aaron Rodgers, roger goodell and a whole lot more so it's always good to hear and we do this sometimes uh with different lists you know it's just uh you hear different guys giving their feedback on different organizations or certain players and they start doing tiers and they start doing rankings and so uh, it's always good to hear from what NFL agents think of certain teams and what they think of certain positions like the running back position you know these guys are representing these running backs similar to an agent that's representing Josh Jacobs or an agent that's running Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor and they're trying to get the most money for their client that's always what their number one goal is but right now they realize that the market is not going to give the most money for their client so it must be really tough for the agent to go to the team and try to get as much money as possible knowing that no team across the league is not going to do that as a matter of fact Perfect example, Jonathan Taylor did not get traded today, right? They had till 1 p.m. Pacific time to make a trade happen or else he was going to stay on the, the pup list, that, and he's currently on the pup list. So no matter what happens with Jonathan Taylor moving forward, if a team trades for him tomorrow, he's still going to miss the first four games of the season. That just lets you know how the running back position is looked at and viewed across the NFL. I know we had a lot of people that called in and texted in and were upset about the way that the Raiders handled Josh Jacobs, and I kept trying to tell anyone who would listen, and sometimes people don't want to listen, and that's okay, but anyone who would listen that it's not a Raiders thing. It wasn't exclusive to the Raiders. It wasn't exclusive to the Cowboys. It's not exclusive to the Colts, even though I thought the Colts handled theirs way messier than the rest of the league. It's not exclusive to the Giants. It's just the nature of the beast when it comes to the position, and it's not right, but it is what it is right now. And so uh, the Colts, as much as Jonathan Taylor is a hell of a running back, they couldn't even get a trade partner, right? They wanted, obviously, a, a, a pretty nice uh, amount of draft capital in return, and they, they couldn't get it. Nobody, nobody would give it to him, so he's still on their roster. He's going to be out at least the first four games of the season. Now his value for the rest of the league decreases by that much more. Now, really, if you look at it and you're a team that just thinks you're one Jonathan Taylor away from winning the Super Bowl, maybe a little bit later on you decide to make that move like before the trade deadline, but now you know for a fact that he's going to miss at least four games. So that doesn't do anyone 
any good. So I'm interested to see how that all shakes out. But please believe agents have plenty of things to say about the Colts and Jim Irsay. These agents have plenty of things to say about the Cardinals. Uh, there was a whole lot going on in this article, NFL Agent Survey, 23 reps on Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, Roger Goodell, and more from Ben Standig from The Athletic. So he'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk about that and give his thoughts on the state of the running back and just – all things NFL. We like to have someone on uh, on the national side of things when it comes to the NFL, usually on the daily. Usually we have John McClain, but he had to push back till tomorrow, so he'll join us at that 3 o'clock time, but he'll be on tomorrow's show, so just go ahead. I know a lot of people look forward to hearing from the general. I like talking to the general, but if he texts me and says, hey, Q, I need to push back a day, guess what? We're going to push back a day. So Ben Standig will join us at 3. John McClain will join us tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, and maybe maybe the 3 o'clock hour, uh, R.A. should be named the Athletic Hour. Uh, at 3.30, Ted Wynn from The Athletic, he'll join us. He does really good film breakdown, and we just want to talk all things Tyree Wilson. That's what it's all about. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of conversation in yesterday about Tyree Wilson, who made his debut on Saturday versus the Cowboys, and he played in 13 snaps, and there was some good, there was some bad, but there was also glimpses. I think that there were some glimpses of what Tyree Wilson could be and who he could be in the NFL that you should be pretty excited about. But there was also some things that he didn't do very well. Some of that is from a guy that hasn't played football in a long time. Some of that is from just having to, to learn and, and get some better technique. And the one thing I know about Tyree Wilson is he's very raw, right? And so he's going to still have plenty of room to grow. But just the natural ability that he has is something that I know a lot of organizations across the league were looking at thinking, yeah, we could do some things with him. So uh, we'll talk to Ted and, and see what he thinks of Tyree Wilson after he uh, checked out the film and was able to break down the film. And, you know, obviously uh, he'll, he'll talk about some technique and what he thinks that Tyree did really well, what he needs to work on, and how he'll contribute for the Raiders in year one. That's, that's at 3.30. Ted Wynn from The Athletic will join us. Then at 4 o'clock, it is Tuesday. So what that means is that we always have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the, the Week recipient. And this week it's Coach Vernon Brown from Foothill High School. Uh, they had a big victory over the weekend over uh, Mawapa Valley, 45-7. to So we'll talk to Coach Vernon Brown about that victory and also being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. And we do it every single week. Uh, throughout the course of high school football, something that's very important to the Raiders. Obviously, it's very important to Tom Flores as he's got his name on it. And, and the Raiders, uh, they always want to give back to the community, and they've done that ever since they've been in this Las Vegas area. Uh, they've made sure that they've given back to the community, make sure that they've been heavily involved in high school athletics, girls and boys, not just football, but flag football. They've held a lot of different camps at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So uh, they're very passionate about the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. So and may, ultimately the Coach of the Year Award as well, as that, uh, that coach is always given the, the big prize uh, at the end of the year. And they always have this big ceremony at Allegiant Stadium. So each and every week, if the coach wins that award, then they're basically – put into the into the mix for the potential to be the high school football coach of the year award and again you get a lot of good money for your program the the awards is in your name just some really good stuff so coach Vernon Brown will join us at four o'clock to talk about the award and talk about his school Foothill getting that big victory over Moapa Valley and yeah that was a big win right 45 to 7 now they have a school that they have playing this week that hasn't lost since like 2019 <laughs> so, yeah, Coach, congratulations. Now you got this school. That's really going to be a difficult one. But, hey, you know what? Let's celebrate what we can celebrate while they can celebrate what they can celebrate. And right now it's non-league play anyway. So, you know, you're really just having a, a measuring stick of 
you know, how good your team is as you prepare for league play. That's what's most important is league play. So, again, Coach Vernon Brown will join us coming up at 4 o'clock. So that's the guest lineup that we have. Of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200 and the dobebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Adam Hill at 2.30, Ben Standick at 3, Ted Wynn from The Athletic at 3.30, and Coach Vernon Brown from Foothill High School will join us at 4 o'clock. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Got a couple quick texts already on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r This one's from Sal from Arizona. What up, Q and Ari? If today ain't a red polo day, I don't know what is. Go Raiders. That's Sal in Arizona. And, you know, it's funny. I thought about that. I thought about that this morning, going ahead and put on the red polo. But the thing is, everyone in the building knows what it means when I have a red polo on. So, like, everyone's on high alert. And the thing about it is every Tuesday, and I'm really taking you behind the curtains now, way behind the scene, every Tuesday I have a, bo- a meeting with Natalie, who's everybody's boss. And so if I go into that meeting <laughs> with a red polo on, first thing she's going to say is, uh-oh, who did it? Uh-oh, what's, what's going on? Because she knows what it means. And Ari, you're, you're, you're up on game about the, the red polo, right? Uh, apparently not. You don't know about the red polo? I've seen it. I've seen comments, but I didn't know that there was like a special scenario attached to it. Oh, man. I, okay. I, how do I not know? Because I'm busy. Do- no offense to you, but I'm when people are running around here worried about your red polo, I'm trying to do my job and get stuff ready well, for the show. Well, there's a reason why they're worried so about I my red polo. I guess I missed that one. That means red, oh, <laughs> when you wear a red polo, that's a power day. Oh, and a lot okay. of Raider Nation gets mad because I have a red polo that's a Raider Nation Radio 920 polo shirt right and they're like oh red's not in the Raiders colors I'm like yeah okay well I got it (laughs) all right don't matter it don't matter at all and I know some people look at it like they can't stand it that's fine it doesn't bother me at all red polos if you remember go back to even when Tiger Woods would would uh would wear his red polo on Sunday that was like his finishing move like you knew it was on and popping when Tiger was wearing that red polo on Sunday he was about to go win (laughs) right and I didn't realize this I didn't even know this someone told me that a red polo or red was a power color. And so when I was doing sales, when I was selling Kirby's, when I needed a big day of selling Kirby's, I'd wear a red polo. And more times than not, I would, I would go sell a Kirby. So long story short, it's actually a true thing that it's, it's a power color. And so anytime I wear a red polo, it's on and popping. Like some, something happened. So <laughs> like if you do something the day before or if, or if we have a bad show for some reason and I you know, am angry when it's done – the next day, if I have a red polo on, you know it's on. <laughs> I'm going to hear about it, right? Yeah, well, it, it, I'm not necessarily saying it's on you, but it's for some reason, right? And, and there used to be times when I was at ESPN Central Texas all the time where somebody in that building would run me hot. And so then the next day, I'd wear the red polo, and, and uh, I remember John Morris, who was the voice of the Baylor Bears, he'd see my red polo and be like, oh, boy, it's that day, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, it is. And so he kind of knew what was up. And funny, tell you the truth, whenever I wear a red polo now – the wife will, is, will say, oh, who did it? Like, she knows. She's already known. She's like, who did it? And I'll be like, oh, it was that so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Or, oh, no, I just got to have a big day today. That's the other thing. Sometimes it's just a big day. Okay. Like when we're at the Super Bowl and we're on Radio Row and it's really busy, Monday and Tuesday is kind of slow. Then all of a sudden Wednesday it's just really cracking. Thursday is when it's almost like it, at its all-time busiest. And that's when I really want to have a big day and get some bangers, as I like to call them, like some really good uh, guests. 
like Hall of Famers or, or Gold Jackets, whatever you want to call them, but I want to have some really good guests. So on those days, I'll throw the red polo on and be like, all right, it's on. There ain't no reason. We ain't playing around today. We ain't, you know, we ain't talking and having a good time with our friends. We're going hard in the paint. And so that's that's the story of the Red Pole. I'm surprised you didn't know that already. I, I guess it's probably a good thing because maybe I haven't had to really uh, – I don't wear it that often. I haven't that's had to wear it that true. often, to be yeah. honest. Not in the building anyway. I mean, I've seen you on pod, podcasts or whatever, but, yeah. yeah so I never yeah. really put two and two together. Like I that's said, what that's people mean when thing. they see, like, because you produce the YouTube thing for for the Locked On Raiders podcast. So every right. once in a while, someone's like, "Oh, Red Polo," like a comment. They'll that's what they, they that's what they're talking about. I, I just so thought they were up on game. commenting on the fashion, like, "Ah, oh, cool, no. you switch it up today with the no, red." No, that's that's just <laughs> what I do. That's just my sign of like, "All right, okay. look out." Now that's a red like, T-shirt's uh, different. It's just a T-shirt, but okay. a red polo is. I'm trying to make a statement. What's that? Good or bad? I'm trying to make a statement. What's that movie? It's Stallone where he turns the hat around backwards. I'm trying to remember right I now. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not a movie ah, guy, dude. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I'm not a movie guy. Someone on the text might help me out. I forget. It's But that's his – it's kind of in, along the same lines. Like, he turns around the hat. Oh, my God. He's going to – like, that's his That's his move. So We got a text from Ty in Missouri. He said, if you ever watch Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson will teach you about when to wear a red polo, LOL. You know, I have never watched never that. Watched that. I've course. never watched that. I don't watch TV. Missing I watch out, Law & Order SVU. Parks and Rec is great. Well, I, well then, what, then do you know what he's talking about? Uh, I'm trying to remember, to be honest with you. It's kind of kind of coming along now. <laughs> well, then, obviously, you don't even know. He's a little different than you, Ron Swanson. I'll just I say think that. everyone's a little different than me. <laughs> I'm he cut from a weird type TV. of cloth. Yes. I'm a different kind of cat. Got another text from the 530, Tiger Woods. Yeah, no doubt. And Over Tiger the Top Woods. was a movie. Thank you, Ramon. Sorry to Oh, that's what. In. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Hey, I didn't have any idea. See? Now you know. I'm learning some things about TV and movies. I don't around. watch movies or TV. <laughs> I, can't I watch give you sports, sports and I watch Law and Order SVU and Bar Rescue. <laughs> I'll take Law and Order. You know, what <laughs> at I'm least saying? it's like, something. Bar and res- Bar Rescue and Law and Order SVU are right next to each other. Like one's like two channels away, so it's real simple. And in between that is what ESPN. So my my variety of channels is very limited. On usually on Sundays, that's usually when I have a quick minute, except for football season. I won't see Bar Rescue and all that for another time. But anyway, totally got off on a wrong note here. <laughs> Didn't mean to go into a 20-minute rant about the red polo and what it means, but now, Ari, I feel better that you're up on game. I do too, and I, I feel like now you might be wearing one tomorrow. <laughs> um, Not tomorrow, but it, it's. I've thought about it the past few days that I thought that it could be breaking out anytime soon. But when I have a meeting with Natalie, I didn't want to go into the meeting too over-aggressive. You know what I mean? Because she knows. She knows what it means. I am. Uh, I'm at, let's get back to sports. I'm going to b- go back here at some <laughs> point, though, and I'm going to survey the other producers and board ops. And, they and all see know. if anyone – I have never heard of this. And trust me, I hear everything about every person that tells us what to do. So I'm surprised. I must have missed that one. All right. Well, anyway, anyway let's go ahead. Like I said, we're drive. in the opening drive. Let's Let me go it. ahead and throw out a couple questions out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200 as we wait for the official uh, roster cutdowns from the Raiders to be sent over. They haven't sent it over yet. But I did want to ask, so far from what you've seen or what you know, and, again, it's hard to go over without the official list, what was your biggest surprise from the cutdowns so far? And then I want to know your thoughts on Neil Farrell Jr. being traded after one year with the Raiders. Because most people, and this is why I thought him and Matthew Butler were good, because they were just drafted a year ago by Dave Ziegler, right? I think Neil Farrell Jr. was, what, Dave Ziegler's third, third draft pick that he ever had with the Silver and Black? So kind of surprised that they moved on from him already. But at the same time, it's, it's just like I mentioned earlier in the show, it's admitting that, hey, this guy's not fitting with what we need to do. So we're going to move on. Yeah, Kansas City needs a, 
They need a, a, a defensive tackle, so we're going to trade him for a six-round pick. It's funny. When Adam Schefter tweeted it out, though, I think everybody thought that the Raiders just traded for Chris Jones. And I'm not going to lie. When I first looked at it, because it said something to the, the effect of while the Chiefs wait for Chris Jones to report or whatever, there's an interdivision trade or something. I don't have the exact words. And it had Chris Jones' name in it, so I think that's the first thing that everybody saw because I even had to take a double and triple look at it. I was like, whoa, hold on. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, let's see. It says, interdivision trade. With Chris Jones still holding out, the Chiefs traded a six-round draft pick to the Raiders for defensive tackle Neil Farrell. I think everybody saw Chris Jones traded to uh, – traded, uh, Chiefs traded a six-round pick to the Raiders. I think that's all everyone saw and thought that that meant immediately that Chris Jones was about to be a member of the Silver and Black. And like I said, for a minute, I even thought that. But that wasn't, that wasn't what the case is, so – Want to get your thoughts on the Neil Farrell Jr. trade uh, going from the Raiders after one year to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, that. And then, again, from the cutdowns that we know, there's a handful of them that are out already, you know, if there's a big surprise so far to you. So uh, let us know about it, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, Raider Mike, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. You now I see why you've gone to the top of the ESPN at the mothership. You sold Kirby's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing like the black light on that sheet, is there? Nope. Look at all them bugs. Yep. You got to buy this, man. Oh, I know. got to go into your house right now. Yep. Anyway, you're strong, too. That's all I got to say at, on, as far as that goes. Keep up the good work nationally. I listen to you at night when you're on ESPN. So, anyway, but what I want to talk about, though, is they are still downplaying the nation everywhere else. And we love that. Yeah. Just, yeah, we're going to be 3-14, and 14, just like USA Today. <laughs> that's, 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 that's exactly what's going to happen. No. No, 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 no. I, I watched Tyree Wilson for four or five plays, and – you get that one. Max was held all last year and still destroyed. How are you going to excuse holding both those guys mm-hmm. every play? You can't do it. Right. It's just too loud and clear. Your quarterback is going down. The Muppet King is going to run around like when Brady's Bucks beat them. Mm. it's going to be mayhem in the backfield, and we're going to just laugh. And that strong side in the back now, we finally can start talking. It's not Lester and Mike yet, but dang, Bennett, is he's a star. Hobbs, he's going to go back to where he needs to be and mm-hmm. be the star where he started out being a star. I mean, this Nation, if you're not excited about this, you're not us. You're just not. You know what I mean, Q? Keep yes. up your work. Represent the nation all the time, nationwide. Love the show. Raiders! There he goes. Raider Mike, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you. And it's funny, quick little uh, side note is that you're talking about represent the nation, nation uh, uh, or represent, yeah, the nation nationwide. I've already told Ari that, you know, I'm basically the only cat 
on the West Coast that's going to be on ESPN National with this new lineup that's rolled out starting September 5th. So there's no doubt that I'm repping the West. There's no doubt that I'm holding down that, that, uh, that, that Raiders, you know, that symbol, right? I'm, I'm representing. I mean, it's, it's me. I'm the last of the Mohicans. I'm the only of the Mohicans, right? So uh, I think that that's a, that's a special thing right there. So I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. And, you know, I, I, it was a small sample size. That's actually another question I have about Tyree Wilson. It was a small sample size of what he did on Saturday. But I did like what I saw. And I could only imagine Tyree, Chandler, and Max all out there at the same time, what kind of havoc that could wreak on any quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, I always go back to those old New York Giants teams that had that NASCAR package, and that's all I could imagine. And I'm not saying it's going to happen right away. I think Tyree still needs to continue to, to come along and, and get more confidence in that foot and make sure that he knows what he's doing. But, man, sooner rather than later, I can see all three of those cats out there, and that could be some really good things for the Raiders' defense. Let's get one more good call in real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to uh, Sacramento. That's 916. Raider Greg, you're up next. What's on your mind? Do we lose him? All right, I guess we lost him. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> Raider Greg was like, no, nope, don't want to talk to him anymore. <laughs> That's all good. Snake Man said, uh, got a couple texts here from Snake Man. He said, thinking the Raiders won't be throwing it deep too often. So no need for those Dursett with Tucker showing off his wheels and route chops. Wilkerson's and Sims, big guys who can block, which is critical in McDaniel's offense. Thinking both get, can play special teams too. Thought Matt Butler finally showed up versus Dallas. John Jenkins made Farrell expendable. Nasty Nesta looking like a steal. That's a seventh-round pick that does look like it could be a steal. You know, um, you know, Nesta's Jade Silvera looks like a guy that he showed just enough, and this is when I was trying to put together my own 53-man roster. I had him on the roster because I didn't think he was, he, was, he was safe to put him on the practice squad. I felt like somebody would try or, or even try to release him or put him on waivers and then someone pick him up just because I thought he put enough on film. So uh, I think that that was really went into the decision of keeping him and ultimately, like you mentioned, Snake Man, trade Neil Farrell Jr. So, yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, Greg is back. Let's try to get him in real quick. Greg, what's on your mind? Hey, Q, thank you for taking my call. I'll make it quick, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm fired up, waiting for these cuts. I'm, I root for my boy. You know, I'm a big Palomar guy. Yeah. Room for my guy. Uh, waiting to hear about that. I love that Nesta made it. A little bit, a little, little bit down about Drake Thomas, but I hope we're able to keep him because I, I just love these undrafted guys. Um, fired up. But one guy I'm looking at, Q, that I've seen release that I think would literally solidify the entire team because offense is solid, defense is pretty much solid, is that Nicholas Murrow. I see him release, Morrow released um, yeah. by the Eagles, matching him back up with Epps. I think that would be huge, but I'm fired up for the season, man. Go Raiders. Hey, great call, Greg. Thanks for calling back. And I'll say this when it comes to Nicholas Morrow, this staff was high on him. He left to go get the, the free agency money in Chicago, then eventually made his way from Chicago to Philly, as you mentioned. And I thought that they were going to have to try to trade for him. I really did. I thought he was going to be a trade candidate. Now that he's out there open and available, I would not be shocked at all to see the Raiders go make a move for him. And Nicholas Morrow was the guy that, you remember, he was rocking the silver and black for a while. He was starting to come into his own, and these guys liked what they saw. I know that for a fact. So, again, it would not shock me one bit to see him back with the silver and black. We'll see. But great call, Greg. We definitely appreciate you. 226 at the time. When we come back, my guy Adam Hill will join the show to talk about, well, the cuts that we know about, the trade of Neil Farrell Jr. and Morris. Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Okay, everybody. 
playoff time. What do we got? I say we run last year's script back. But we're just going to tweak the ending a little bit. What if that Jimmy Garoppolo character fell in love with my character? That's good right there. Steamy. Forbidden love. I like it, Mama K. That's a good-looking guy right there, Mom. I see where you're going. Vegas, baby! Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Little NFL script. Mama Kelsey likes Jimmy G, but that was by way of Key and Peel, according to my man Ari, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I like to call it Studio Q. Join us now on the phone lines is Adam Hill, our good friend from the Las Vegas Review Journal and our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Adam, are you a big Key and Peel guy? Uh, at times, I think they do a lot of good stuff. I, I usually mostly see their stuff through uh, social media and not directly from their show, but uh, there's some good stuff. I think. That was a, an NFL commercial that they produced for them. Oh, okay. Got it. Well, see, I'm not knowing. You know I don't watch TV, so I'm not really knowing, but it's all good. I did want to ask you, Adam, as we're still waiting on the official list from the Raiders of their moves that they made at 1 o'clock. It's 2.30 now. We're still waiting, but that's okay. What did you uh, What did you think of the trade for Neil Farrell Jr. sending him to Kansas City? Uh, that, I mean, that's always interesting. Those are the kind of trades that are made, obviously, when a, a team has decided to cut somebody. Uh, and then the feelers are out there, and the other teams are aware of it. And um, the Chiefs didn't want to let No Farrell get to waivers because they figured he'd be picked up, and uh, they wanted to make sure that they were the ones that got him. And I think it also tells you that the Raiders don't expect Neil Farrell to develop into a star because I don't think there's any way they let him go to the Chiefs if they think that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I think it just says, look, they've, they've seen enough from him. Uh, he wasn't the player that they thought he was going to be. Uh, they have more depth at the position now, and uh, they're ready to move on. So uh, that's a guy that you know, would have been subject to waivers, could have gone anywhere. Instead, they get a draft pick for him. And, um, yeah, I, I thought in the offseason he was a guy who was going to take a big step, and clearly they didn't see that step that they wanted. Yeah, are you one of those that is okay with the team moving on after uh, after one year from a guy, or do you think that they should hold on to him a little bit longer and develop him or try to uh, develop him? Well, I mean, it depends on the player, but to me, um, it actually – like, look, this is a move I didn't expect because I do think – with a lot of teams, and the Raiders are included, I think there's ego involved, where you, you're you like, hey, we want to take our guy over somebody else. Uh, and, and, you know, we think we can develop this guy. We think we can be good. And, you know, in this case, they just say, okay, we, we've seen enough. We're ready to, to not compound one mistake with another. And I think that's, that's a sign of maturity in an organization, for sure. If, if you are at that point where you don't believe him, uh, believe in him and taking that next step, then um, don't double down and make the loss worse. Uh, by continuing to stick with it and insisting that you're right. Adam Hills, our guest from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Has there been any cut that's been reported that you've seen that, that surprised you outside of that Neil Farrell trade? Um, yeah, not necessarily. So we're kind of going back and forth, and I think one of the issues right now is like not everything's done yet, right? There are still moving pieces that happen on our roster. Um, the, the wildest times in the NFL really are – like the 48 hours after the cuts. Yeah. Uh, this is when stuff starts to get really crazy. So I want to see where everything settles first. Um, I think if you look at it, you know, the the Dorset cut, I think a couple weeks ago, you would have said was pretty surprising. Uh, but at the same time, look how many great receivers they have. So much depth there. And then Dorset was playing well into the game right. on Saturday. And, and I think you look at that and say, he's clearly auditioning uh, for his part, you know, whether whether it's with the Raiders or somewhere else, whether they had already decided to move on from him, 
uh, and they gave him a chance to showcase and put some film together, or uh, if they still were giving him one last look and maybe we're going to let him make the team. But either way, uh, that should have told us a lot about where he was. So uh, I think it, t- it tells you how much they like some of the younger receivers um, and just you know wh- how they're kind of constructing this roster and wanting to go a little bit younger, a little bit um, with some traits. Uh, you know, with some other guys, they have some bigger receivers, some faster guys, and Dorsett was one of the fastest. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they that they decided they had enough depth that they didn't need him this year. Well, DeAndre Carter, Trey Tucker, they all have that speed, right? So I kind of thought that they were a little similar to Philip Dorsett. But Cam Sims yeah. and Christian Wilkerson, what do you think about those two guys, especially with the size of Cam Sims? Yeah, big guys, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's guys that, guys that are a presence on the field. And that's something, as you mentioned, they've got some speed. They've got, obviously, the elite a uh, route runner and Hunter Renfro. They got the elite player overall uh, in Devontae Adams, and um, now you're now you're trying to find some traits, right? That's what we're saying. So there's some some speed guys you have, and you got some size guys as well, uh, guys that show that, that that showcase, right? If if there really was auditions on Saturday, and I think some of these moves are telling you that there were uh, some spots open, um, you know, how good of a film did, did Wilkerson put together? I mean, he was all over the place making plays, so. Um, maybe that was his one last chance. And I think if you watched that game Saturday, you said Wilkerson or, or Dorsett. Uh, Wilkerson's the one that outplayed him. So uh, maybe he won the spot with that performance. I think that's very possible. What did you think about the overall talent that Dave Ziegler added to the, the team? You know, it's a 90-man roster. It was until today. But especially in the wide receiver and the cornerback room, it looked like there was just so much talent in those two rooms. It did. And, and I, don't, I don't think it, it's it's – to say it, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I don't think it's elite, elite talent. Agreed. Depth. Like, a lot of good players. Um, and that's what you want to do. That's how you want to build your team. You need that elite talent. And, of course, they have it at, at some spots, like Devontae and Max right. Crosby and guys like that. They've got that elite level player. But you need to find just good, solid depth players all around. And I think they've done a really good job of that. I, I think that was reflected in some of the some of the battles where – it was kind of tough at some of these positions to say, you know, I'm sure you put together your final roster, I think we all did, and just, okay, wow, there's a bunch of really good guys, guys that are tough to cut, and that's how you make a good team for the long run. That's how you sustain it, and I think it's pretty clear that's what they're trying to do. I, I still have a lot of questions, and I heard a, a very big fan calling in last, last segment with you and uh, singing the praises of how good this team could be. I, I don't see it. I don't think it's going to be a great team. But I think you like the depth that they're building for the future, for sure. And uh, that's, that's how you build a team that can win for a long period of time. You just have good players everywhere. Well, speaking of the last segment, you know the story, right, about the red polo? About the red polo? Oh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Uh-oh, what is this? When I wear a red polo, you don't know that story? No. Oh. I thought we told this story when we were both on ESPN Las Vegas about that's, hey. a, power, that's a power shirt for me. Okay, I, I, so you're, you're trying to reflect power or you're feeling powerful? No, it's just it's one of those days when if you wear a red polo, it's like you're, you're ready to fire up. Also, I thought we had this conversation with Case in the media room as well at the Raiders facility. It's possible. I'm, I've checked out half the time, Q. <laughs> I respect that. At least you're honest. I respect that. I swear yeah. we had this conversation. We, we did the morning show together, but I know you're not a morning guy, so maybe you were checked out then yeah. too. Yeah, uh, trust me, if you tell me something before 10 a.m., I'm not remembering it. That's a fact. 
Well, there you go. There, there it is right there. That's all the explanation you need. We did the morning show on ESPN Las Vegas together, and, yeah, so that, that explains all of that. Well, getting back to the Raiders, what, uh, what did you think of the Josh Jacobs, the, the, the deal that he ended up agreeing to, and do you think now he's ready for Denver or can be ready for Denver? Yeah, I think he will be. Look, I, I don't think Josh Jacobs was sitting at home. Right? right, That's not really in his personality. I think he was working out and, and staying healthy and staying or staying in shape. And it's different to be in game shape, but they've got two weeks to do it. This was the right time to, for him to come in. And I think we all knew what the deal was going to be once Saquon signed his deal, like it was said. That's what it was going to be, and that's where they were going to end up at. But there's also no reason to come in early, risk injury, um, all those other things, especially as a running back. Come in. Get your work in, stay, you know, stay sharp, and then with this last two weeks, you can get in game shape and be ready to go week one. Uh, so I think it was the right deal, the right time. Um, I, I don't think there's any lasting impact of him being away. I think the team understood uh, where he was coming from. They understood, you know, he understood where they were coming from to a degree. Uh, once they weren't able to do something by July 17th, I think it was inevitable it was going to be in these in this little period. I thought it'd be just after the preseason game, but instead it was just before it and. That's about the right time. Now he can get in there, get happy, get his new jersey on, and uh, move forward. Well, they got really good news on Saturday. Obviously, he agreed to a deal, and then they had the debut of Tyree Wilson. He only played in a handful of snaps, but what did you see from the number seven overall pick? I thought it was pretty mixed. Um, I, I know everybody got very, very excited and with good reason about one particular play. Um, and, I, you know, it's been shown over and over again. Obviously, uh, Tyree Wilson lines up wide. Uh, goes, you know, speed to power, just absolutely obliterates a guy who I think now is working at a deli counter at the Publix. Um, so good for him. Uh, but, you know, in, in reality, like, that's what the excitement was about, right? That's why you draft him. He's got unbelievable size. I mean, I don't know how many people have been able to stand next to him. The guy is massive. Right. And he's got so many, so many tools that you just covet. That's why he was such a high pick. He showed what he can do. He can, he can absolutely – just manhandle blockers, get into the backfield, disrupt things, and they want to be disruptive for sure. And obviously he has a lot of work to do as well, right? I mean, he did lose track of where the quarterback was on that play. Yep. So despite the absolutely dominant effort to get there, he had no idea where the quarterback was, and the quarterback escaped, uh, Will Greer. Uh, and then, you know, he on a couple plays later, he gets beat outside when he has contain on a bootleg. That's not good. That's a rookie that hasn't had a whole lot of reps for sure. Uh, and a rookie who got his eyes very wide, thinking he can get to the backfield and get a sack and make a play, uh, he'll learn from that. So I think that's good, too. Um, to me, the most impressive play by far that he made was you know, kind of shedding a blocker, getting his getting his shoulder inside, and fighting down the line of scrimmage to make a play on a ball carrier. Like, mm-hmm. that's an impressive play. That's something that they're going to need to see out of him, and, and he made that play work. So we know that the pass rush ability is going to be there. Will that, you know, translate into sacks? We don't know yet, but He'll be disruptive, uh, but the fact that he was able to make that play on a run, I think, speaks a lot more about how excited the team should be, maybe about where he is. Uh, you know, because there was some, you know, some bad plays, and that's to be expected, no question. He just started practicing; he just got there, and um, there was a lot where you're like, "Oh, that's not good," but there was also a lot to be excited about, and that's why he was picked so high. Final question for you, Adam, and this has been fantastic. We always appreciate you uh, each and every time you join the show. You mentioned earlier that you're not convinced that the Raiders are going to be a good team, right? Where, where do you think that they need to still improve the most? Like, where is the one area of concern that you have still for this team? Um, I, I still want to see a lot of the work they did in the secondary translate to the regular season. 
uh, a lot of the work they did, excuse me, in the joint practices in the mm-hmm. secondary, yeah. uh, translates to the regular season. That was impressive. That was good. Uh, it was a lot of progress. But can that, you know, can that be maintained? Right. Uh, can they keep up that level of play, be disruptive, force turnovers, all of that? And, you know, can you – I've been concerned about this all along, but when they preach over and over again disruption and turnovers and making plays – like, does that get you out of your fundamentals? Like, do you do you break down and try to make plays at the expense of making the right play and playing solid foundational football? Like, that is something that still needs to be seen. Um, I, I still think that while they've got some talent at linebacker, I still think it's a big question mark for the team. Um, the interior of the defensive line, uh, I think Tillery did some good things last year, but they need more bodies, like, really, uh, really coming together to kind of, be the assistance to that uh, that outside rush, uh, those outside defensive ends that they have that are incredible. Uh, they need that support from the inside, and I think that needs to be improved a little bit. And uh, certainly on the offensive line, like I liked a lot of the strides they made last year, but they've got to be consistent and maintain that too. So there's a lot of things that have to happen, and Jimmy Garoppolo staying healthy, of course, uh, which, which goes without saying. But right. um, there's a lot of things they have to do. And, and I, But I think really the problem is, hey, they're a good team. And again, I think they're going to be – they're going to be improved. They were better last year than they were in 2021. That was the, the column I wrote speaking to some people this weekend. And I think that's hard for people to hear. But the 2022 team was better than the 2021 team. They just were. Um, and the record wasn't. So I think you could probably be better again this year and still not have as good of a record because the schedule is brutal and the AFC is brutal and all those other things. So you don't have to you don't worry about that. You just worry about keeping, you know, keep improving the roster, keep getting better. And at some point, you know, the, the cycle will come to the point where, you know, you're going to be, you know, the team that you want to be in terms of your record. Hey, it's a great breakdown right there from Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. Also, you can hear him on ESPN Las Vegas. Matter of fact, this afternoon on Cofield and Company, you can check Adam Hill out as well. What else are you, are you working on? What are you writing that we should be on the lookout for? Doing a uh, game-by-game breakdown of the schedule. Um, and and go, go check out that, uh, that column that I did write about, uh, and Steve Cofield is throwing things at my car right now as I pull in. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you uh, go check out the, the column about why I think and why some other experts think the 2022 team was better than the 2021 team. I'm about to check that out. Well, in a couple hours, I'll definitely check that out. Adam, great stuff, man. Have a great show. We appreciate your time. Thanks, sir. Anytime. Yes, sir. Adam Hill right there from the RJ and also ESPN Las Vegas. And apparently Cofield's throwing throwing rocks at his car while he's sitting there uh, talking to us. So uh, there you go. That must mean that it's almost showtime for Steve as he goes on from 3 to 6 p.m. on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate Adam Hill. I want to check out that article. That's very interesting and intriguing. We'll uh, take a look at that and maybe even talk about it coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, We do have plenty of time to get to your calls and texts, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Biggest surprise, if there is a big surprise from the cut so far, what are your thoughts on the Neil Farrell Jr. trade uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs getting a number a, a sixth round pick back in return for a guy that they drafted a year ago. Let us know your thoughts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll talk to Ben Standick from The Athletic coming up at 3 o'clock. Talk about what NFL agents look at when they look across the league, when they look at different position groups, when they look at different franchises. All that will be with Ben coming up at 3 o'clock. Right now we've got a couple folks waiting for us on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's get these in real quick. Uh, how about Mike from Vegas? You're up first. Mike, what's on your mind? Yes, I'm ready. I feel that the coach and the GM have done a pretty good job with the 53-man roster. Well, what I'm concerned is 
is we have got to win game one. They've been talking trash about Denver with their new coach and everything and Russell Wilson making a comeback. It's important for us to win game one because, you know, game two we have Buffalo on the road and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming. So we have to win game one to get the, uh, the mojo gone, the confidence, so the Raiders can win more than six games they won last year. We need at least a 10 or 11 game season. But uh, game one is very important because of the uh, undersized uh, season from last year. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks for the call. And, yeah, I think that game one is important just to set the tone, right? I mean, I can't go through every game of the schedule and, and, and say what it's going to be right now, but I just think that first game in Denver is so important. As you mentioned, Sean Payton and the Broncos wanted the Raiders. So give it to them. You know, give them, give them that smoke, right? They, they wanted the Raiders? Okay. Well, now they're going to get ready. They're going to prepare for Denver. They've got all this time between now and September 10th and get ready. Denver's trying to find themselves – They've got questions as well. Jerry Judy's not going to be playing, right? You don't root for injuries, but he's out. So they've, they've got plenty of questions, and, and this Raiders team does as well. You know, and I know a lot of people aren't big fans when, when Adam Hill's not very, uh, you know, positive about the Raiders, but he's just calling it how he sees it. And Ari could tell you from knowing Adam for a very long time, he always is erring on the side of caution anything anyway with almost everything. Right. I mean, he's not the rainbows and puppy dogs type guy. And that's why I could appreciate him, because he can he could take a step back where he's not a fan of the team and say, no, well, I still see these areas of 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 situations as holes. So, I, I mean, I could appreciate what Adam has to say. And, and I do think that that like Mike just said, Ari, that first game of the year is going to be very important. Absolutely. I cannot wait, by the way. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, again, I mean, you know Adam really well. He's, he's going to be very honest about what he sees. Yeah, and also just one thing about him, I agree with all that, but the work is insane. The work that this guy puts in is insane. I've seen, I've known him 10 years I've been working with him. And right. I mean, other than this guy standing in front of me, there's not much – there's nobody I know that works that hard. So I, keep just, that in mind too for the – I always appreciate if someone's not going to be – you know, if, if it sounds like it's negative, as long as you're fair, I'm okay with that. Just like anyone who calls in, as long as you're fair, I'm good with that. And, you know, he thinks that the team is good. He thinks that the Raiders team is good. But he said that they play in a tough division. They have, he wants to see, and I think this is a fair question too, he wants to see if what they did in training camp, create all those turnovers, especially those joint practices, can that carry over to the regular season? I think all of us are asking that question, right? We all have that question. If it can, then it's a different conversation, and they could really be winning a bunch of games. But we have to see it. I think that's all we've all been saying about everything we saw in the preseason. Yeah, but it's still – the preseason. Uh, let's. Can we get to quick, real quick? Can we? Quick is always fast. Go quick. Welcome to the show. Go for What's it. on your mind, man? I mean, I, I, I was gonna pick the worst day to go quick. Uh, first off, Dave Ziegler is a pro. Getting a sixth round from Farrell. I know we got him in the four. We get a six back. I love the way this guy attacks and and is relentless with turning over the roster. We don't like a guy. We get him off the damn roster. I love that. Second, I gotta talk about uh, my man Tiny Lowe. Man, what's wrong with him talking about the media? I think he was talking about you, Q-Ball. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let me get to my last one. Let me get to my last one. Adam Hill, you can't trust that guy. I keep telling y'all, Raider Nation, anybody talking about the schedule, let's let Q-Ball and Ori had a man crush, and we will stay over here with that. Because Adam Hill energy, nah, bro, can't go for it. I'm at you, Q-Ball. Peace out. Quick, I appreciate you. Ben Standing from The Athletic joins the show next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.